I should be live. Am I live or is it Memorex? All right. This is the um, season four premiere of Journey of an Esthete podcast. And this for this special season four premiere, I've given you a glimpse into my 1970s museum. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the 70s, going to talk about 70s movies just a little bit. I'm going to show you a glimpse now. Well, there's a, of course, you know, it's a 70s museum. And so normally I would, you would come in here in a pre-pandemic world and I, you know, uh, you would come in and look around. So yes. Now this painting behind me, um, if you recall 70s TV and movies, you always had this abstract graphic art and it was made by sort of industrial uh, artists um, that churn things, churn these things out. And that's an example of the kind of stripes and graphs. Um, I don't know where to begin. I've been writing a book on 70s movies for 20 years now. And I think a good way to start or inaugurate this season is to say that I'm still working on the book. Um, and maybe you do some storytelling. So see all these cinema books? I have tons and tons of these wonderful film comments. And since we just finished the 4th of July, some little girl in, a, in, a, in 1976 in, a, in some suburban town, I think, of Massachusetts made these for the president to come through town. I don't know. I guess Joel Ford would, I, I, you know, I really don't know. It's um, maybe, maybe he, maybe he wasn't visiting or something. And so of course, you know, th this is the kind of thing I, you know, that, 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 you know, I know bicentennial is, you know, over July 4th is over, but I just thought that these were, you know, and I, you know, in, in accordance with that, I have, um, I have Betty Ford's first edition of her memoir. What else do we got here? I have uh, Gerald Ford's book. Now, you might ask, um, what do I do with all this stuff? Well, first of all, it's not a lot of stuff. Um, my 70s museum, when I lived in Boston for close to 30 years, was um, it wasn't cluttered, but it was more than this. And so this is very pared down. Um, and so I wanted to tell a little story about my dad in theater and the great actor, Alan Garfield, or Alan Gorowitz, sometimes he switched his last name, who I think we lost last year, I'm not sure. We lost him around the same time he, we lost Ned Beatty, I think. I've always been fascinated with what's called character actors. And so I had this focus on film, and this is, a, this is an interview with Alan Garfield um, promoting the movie, The Conversation, which remains my favorite Coppola film. And so you can see here, he's at Com Film Festival and there, there's Alan Garfield and all of his um, glory with Francis Ford Coppola. And it's a really wonderful interview. He talks about his first films and acting. I've always been a big fan of Alan Garfield. I even queued up a, an Alan Garfield scene in the film. I hope we don't get taken down or licensed. Uh, I don't know what the legal uh, rules are about that sort of thing. But I was in an airport with my dad in London. And I think it was 2000, 
three, like very early, yeah, oh four, something like that. And I was just, you know, Heathrow, I think, or something. I, you know, it's very vague, but I do remember uh, seeing a guy that looked familiar. I'm like, that guy looks really familiar. And I'm very extroverted sometimes with people. And I went up and started talking to him. Turns out he was a big character actor in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. His name was Richard Adams. And he was impressed with my knowledge. He says, Mitch, you've seen everything. You've seen me. And he went on and on about when he used to drink and now he was sober, but he used to hang out with Oliver Reed. And he had a lot of stories about making the hunting party with Oliver Reed and just, just um, colorful stories. And, you know, we had a you know layover. It was like long and it was a great talking to Richard Adams. I talked to my dad, you know, I met this, this famous 70s character actor, Richard Adams. Uh, why don't you put him in something? And lo and behold, my dad writes a play about Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> this insane comedic play, very far, a lot of farce in it. And he paid for Richard Adams to come down, you know, equity in Tampa and perform as Dr. Watson to Sherlock Holmes. And, you know, and so, you know, but I want to show you something interesting. Richard gave me a photograph that I probably shouldn't have, but he, he, he understood my love for, you know, what he, he and his fellow actors did. This is Alan Garfield and Richard Adams here. And I think this is after one of his open heart surgeries, I think. And this would have been the time right before he started. I think he did some acting on The Sopranos, I think. Again, he did some streaming TV work at the end of his life, but this was around that time. Isn't that beautiful? Alan Garfield and Richard Adams. You can see Richard Adams, this is around the time when I got to meet him and hear his stories about carousing, which I love to hear. So I don't really know. I mean, season four, Quinn Lemley is gonna be here in the other room this Friday. A great triple threat, I call. Her singing, dancing, acting, glamour, um, the golden age of both Hollywood and Broadway. She represents that, talks about that. She's played Rita Hayworth. Um, and Margaret, well, she, she, she's coming up very soon, a couple of days. But, you know, I thought it would be interesting. I tried to find the, what's the, I also have a Ron Burgundy jacket. Now this, okay, this is a real, remember the anybody know the movie Anchorman? This is the real like Anchorman burgundy blazer from the 70s. It's like, I got this at a, this is textured polyester and I got, hold on, I'm gonna put this thing on. This has got, this is, this thing doesn't really fit me. It's God awful. It's like the worst material in the world, you know? It's like, God, it's awful. <laughs> but I figured, you know, it's just, um, Look at how tight this thing is. It's just ridiculous. But, you know, but <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying to not be so serious in this premiere. And I, I promise you that um, there will be some some more dramatic or uh, serious tone shows coming out. So it's not all going to be silliness. But um, um, that's an original Saturday Night Fever poster, by the way, from 77. Um, I try to have original things if I can. So what do we do? We play a little Alan Garfield and why? Well, I had to figure out a way to open my book, and I thought the very first shot of Mother Jugs and Speed by Peter Yates from 75, I think, is Alan Garfield talking to the audience, you. It's like he's, he's basically doing his very broad type of acting. 
that he was really good at. And um, and he says some outrageous things. I sort of thought this is kind of crazy. This movie is a very um, today politically incorrect, anachronistic movie. It's seventies. And let's see uh, Alan Garfield doing what he did best. He did, you know, he could do this really. I don't know. I don't have to tell you people times are tough. You read the papers. The country's going to hell. Yep. Now you take inflation. What happened here? We got a little secession. Welfare. Uh -huh. There's nothing we can do about that. But thanks to muggings, malnutrition, assassination and disease, we got a chance to make a buck. And I can see that some of you men must be shocked by that statement. But I didn't write the rules of life myself, no sir. He runs a um, he runs an ambulance company. Cripple, a junkie, a wounded and the dying. Society calls them all worthless. But they're not worthless. Not to us. To us, each one is worth forty-two fifty plus fifty cents a mile. And let's not forget it. God damn it, mother! When it comes to realizing that people in distress will jump into the first rig that shows up, well, then that's when the drive and the enthusiasm of you men will make the difference. But there's another Call group out there, man. Four, four, Wade Avenue. See the woman. Keep it in your pants, Bliss. I'm not through. <laughs> but there's another group out there, man. No. And I will not dignify the Unity Ambulance Company by mentioning its name. No. But I'm good. Our territory. Our your jobs. I, I wanted to try to talk about, I mean, I talk about many things in this book. It's very personal. So I talk about growing up with these movies and seeing them with my father. So there's a, there's a sort of a psychological dimension to the book. And my writing's getting much more poetic and kind of more, you know, like, remember that post I did on cinema that I posted? It's going to be not quite that abstract or that, um, but it's somewhere in between that and an academic book. I'm trying to find a, the perfect uh, balance between the between the both. And um, what was I saying? Oh, the reason why I chose Mother Jugs and Speed is because it's an insane movie about an ambulance company and it's uncategorizable. So it opens up with a disco number, loud singers. Uh, uh, I didn't play that because I didn't want to get taken down by Paul Jabara, dance and, they're riding an ambulance and there's this rousing disco number. Then they go to a woman's wrestling match where there's an injury. And that's like in 10 minutes. And so then they go to someone who's OD'd on heroin. And this all happens within like eight or nine minutes. And I, you know, from a contemporary perspective, this is a very unusual way to make a movie about EMT workers. What I mean is it's sort of incorrect, you know. It's um it's comedy and drama and it's it's offensive and it's got loud music and it's like, is it a is it a it's not a musical. It's, it's not a drama. So it's that kind of in between sense of a, of a um, of you know making a movie where the expression of raw emotion, raw unfiltered feelings, is what's most important. And raw unfiltered feelings are a blend of sad and happy and and, and craziness and and not intellectualized at all, and not conceptual, right? It's pre, and so I think that's the essence of one of the essences, 70s movies. And I think the actor is king. It's about the soul and the dignity and the presence of the actor, the person, you know, who uh, 
whether it's Alan Garfield here or Mel Mayron staying in a, in a motel with the Art Carney or uh, Jenna Rollins um, listening to factory workers singing opera and Cassavetti's Woman Under the Influence. That's an extra, that's a 20 minute scene. And she invites these water main workers with Peter Falk and um, over to breakfast, spaghetti for breakfast. And all these water main workers who you don't expect would be able to do this start singing arias for no explicable reason. And they're good, like the all sing opera. And the narrative stops and you've entered this other kind of reality. Well, what I'm saying is that that's part of the ethic of these films is that factory workers start singing opera in the middle of a dramatic scene or have um, have a musical number in a movie about ambulances or Raquel Welch, you know, getting into fights, uh, defending herself against being harassed sexually or something, or Alan Garfield wearing a red, white, and blue patriotic, um, whatever that is, those, those, those um, kind of things that people wore and, and, and or, you know, Will Ferrell wearing an anchorman wearing this blazer. This is actually from a real news affiliate in the Middle West. I don't know what affiliate it was sold to me. Is it? Of course, you know something like this. It was ten bucks. No one wants it. a lot of the stuff in this museum is cheap. It's stuff that people don't really want. Like I don't know. I mean, I cut. You know, I got this from. Um, I'm just. I'm just. You know, I just find these things. You know. And I, and, you know, I find them in a, in a, in one man's trash is another man's treasure, or one woman's trash is another woman's treasure. And and the thing about the all this stuff, if I express myself more accurately, is that I use all this stuff. I'm always doing research. I, I read these magazines. I get ideas, um, and they go into my book, and they go into this podcast. And this is fun. And I sort of think, um, just to let you know, it isn't all about mother jugs and speed and. Harvey Keitel, I have a highbrow side, so I've got, where are we here? What have we got? What have we got here? Jonathan Rosenbaum, the great film critic, was a guest on our show. And this is an original piece he did on Jacques Rivette. See? about Celie and Julie go voting. So I had this magazine in 1974. So that means you have some landscape construction around here. This is the, the thing about, that means at the age of eight or seven, I was reading about chakra then, reading this, reading, you know, reading this film magazine. I mean, I never said that access to these films. Um, just extraordinary. It's just a, um, I think, I figure before I go, I should read something from this. I don't know what, you know, there's so much here. Um, so I think the seventies is a blend of the silly and the serious and the earnest and the ironic and the uncategorizable. And I'm going to try to put all that into my book. So I hope that this festive season four premiere will put you into good spirits and the leaf blowers are going. So I'm gonna tune in this Friday. Um, and um, see a little things here. And um, have a good rest of the week.